electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, the New York Stock Exchange. Record highs will be in sight at the open, despite a round of Q1 earnings that are somewhat underwhelming. Investors focusing instead on signs of renewed economic strength and the president's ability to leverage that in November. Big print on ADP. Europe is up strong. So is Asia overnight. Will the bond market confirm 10-year around 164? Our roadmap begins with easing virus fears. Stocks are set to open sharply higher for a third straight day on new hopes for a vaccine and drugs to treat the fast-spreading coronavirus. Plus a big spinoff from Merck, the company announcing plans to split a number of its slower-growth products into a separate public company next year. And streaming surge, Disney Plus growing at a faster-than-expected clip, nearly 29 million subs and counting. Stocks are extending yesterday's rally, which did see the Dow and the S&P experience their best one-day performance since August. NASDAQ best our eighth record close of the year. And, Jim, uh, your point about uh, the president, the, the lead headline on the page one of the Times is a buoyed president. A, large, a lot of that is about the economy. Well, I mean, it, it, the contrast between what the Democrats talk about and the Republicans talk about is really extraordinary. And the president's making a strong case that there's a lot of money in the market. That's basically what he's saying is it. $12 trillion has been created wealth. The Democrats saying that that wealth has not so-called trickled down. It's not helping uh, for people in transportation costs, student loans, prescription drugs. It's almost like we're dealing with two different countries. I mean, you've got a country where the president cites all these people that have now are at full employment, well, not full, but at great employment, and taking regulations away and the, and the wealth being created. And the Democrats saying, listen, it's not being created for our people, but for our purposes here. There is tremendous wealth being created. And what it's doing uh, is making people, I think, not wanting to sell stocks. Remember baby boomers. I was doing some work on baby boomers with, uh, with my uh, research man for, for mad money, Ben Stoto. The, re- the baby boomers aren't selling. They were supposed to be selling. They don't want to sell like Tesla because it keeps going hard. It's very self-fulfilling. In the meantime, there's a lot of people who aren't. Aren't participating. I'm trying to be even-handed on the one hand on the other. Uh, like them or hate them, though, the president's great for the stock market. But previous presidents have not cared about the stock market because they don't think it's that big. But I'm listening to him, and I'm thinking, you know what? I understand why people are buying stocks th- because employment's good, and employment is always correlated with economic development and with better numbers. So that's why I was being a little facetious when I said to the squawk guys, he took up numbers for the country, but... In the end, you listen to this. I've never felt this way after a State of the Union. I said, geez, I see why people are buying stocks. Look at this. How do you separate it from the fact that the FANG Plus Index is now at its highest relative to the S&P ever? Right? It's 10 names. NASDAQ. How do you separate it from the, the sentiment around Tesla? I, I did some work uh, yesterday with Carol Baroden. It does some fabulous Fibonacci analysis. David, I know you're a big Fibonacci yeah, you, guy. Yeah, huge. Um, but the, the, the NASDAQ is separating itself from the S&P. 
Now, immediately I'm hearing, well, wait a second, that happened in 1999. I come back and say, yeah, but you know, you've got a, this absurd rally where if you held on, you, you doubled the NASDAQ. So I, I, I come back and say, well, look, these companies, they're loved, uh, but their valuations other than Amazon are not crazy. They're not. I mean, Alphabet yesterday reported a number that was wildly panned. I thought the number was terrific. I went back and forth with, with Alphabet and just felt that you know, now you know the benchmarks. Facebook was a pretty good number. Uh, it, it, when I look at Snap, Facebook's really good. Apple, if they really are doing what Jeffrey says, we have a breakout year for wearables, I can get it. Look, the Amazon quarter was stunning. Uh, they are making so much more money than Wall Street thought. Uh, and a lot of it is cloud, which I thought was supposed to be taken away by the, the people at, at, at Azure or Microsoft. Microsoft's expensive stock. But so what? Yeah, it's got a growth rate, and obviously cloud is growing very quickly. Exponential. move sort of out of uh, the, the key parts of earnings season here. Certainly right. not a bad reflection in terms of, as you say, the overall economy and right. the strength of these companies. Versus GM. Versus um, not to mention, though, also versus the 10-year yield. I mean, you keep Ugh. talking about the re- president, but, but I mean, you, what are your alternatives continues to be also a theme. Right. Um, well, President you, said swap out of bonds and stocks. Uh, yeah. Well, when you can get. Um, I'm being facetious. But I, that's know what you, I, I know. You. Um, well, you know, but our viewers may not know. No, I don't think they do. Um, I'm pretty confident they don't. But, uh, well, but it doesn't matter. It Bonds are no good. Right. And then the Which coronavirus is, comes and along. And actually, we moved up pretty sharply in the yield over uh, the last we're not day. Bonds it, are good. The, on, on January 24, when we last had a. Uh, a high for the S&P, uh, 10 year was in the 175 range. Right. So we're not getting, we're not repairing that. Right. But we're getting there. No, but it, it is, I mean, look at 3.30 last night. But it's seven, at 9.30, we knew about the Yokohama Carnival Cruise, Princess Cruise, off, the, off of Yokohama with 10 people who had corona. Okay? David? I'm yeah, I'm listening. I am. I don't what need do to look like, at you to listen. You're like my father. Am I? Yeah. That's a very I'm nice listening. thing for you to Jimmy, say. Jimmy, I'm listening. I am listening. You're so not listening. And, and then at 3.30, we get Chinese stimulus, and we get word from China that maybe they have something. Okay? Cowan, this, and then the market comes start down, a little bit down. And then Cowan comes up today and says there was a positive data point. Total new cases ticked down on Tuesday. So you've got this. On the one hand, the virus takes interest rates, so they're lower. On the other hand, we're getting good news about good news about the coronavirus. There's something for everybody here. But there shouldn't I, be. I mean, yeah, well, Nike last night says it'll have a material impact on greater China ops. It's up in the pre-market. Stock went down a dollar and a half when they announced that to 99. And then I blink, I'm in dinner, I come back, I I top. Right. Who are these people buying? I mean, what does it take to have a stock go down, for heaven's sake? Well, well, Other than Ford, where every, they basically said, sell our stock. And we should get to Ford as well. But the po- uh, next week will be important, as we know, uh, in terms of all the workers returning to the factories, potentially, right. or whether they will. Well, that's, and, I think that's a great point. Do you think they'll return to Apple? Uh, I have no idea. Well, Han They're High, supposed to. Han High, big supplier, just took down their uh, 2020 revenue guide. Um, they're going to have workers come back to work. Some of them will be uh, not able to interact with other workers, right? So this, it's not going to all get back to work on February 10th. 50 million, 50 million people are quarantined. Uh, listen, Jim, and the, look, we know what? that the number of infections is far, most likely far beyond what we're being told by the Chinese. Right. The death rate, deaths are far beyond that as well. The question is how You're much. saying that the PRC is lying to us? Yes. Welcome to the club, my friend. 
Which club is that? The club that knows that the PRC's been lying the whole time. Do you know that they knew about it December 9th? Do you know that they had it December 20th? Do you know they came here as a delegation knowing uh, and, and they signed, came to signed a trade deal in the East Room? Yes, and then they went to Davos. They're shaking everybody's hand. Did you bring Purell to that conference? I wasn't at Davos, but yeah. Well, I mean, Davos, you had to bring, I mean, honestly, they knew and they came here. And we well, discovered what December twenty third. I know, but it January twenty like third. They went to sitting in Wuhan, trying to get sick. I mean, you know, you make it sound like they intentionally did it to somehow spread a virus. It's horrible, and not true. Well, it's a, it's obviously a story for many corporates. Disney, of course, uh, last night says Disney Plus streaming service ended fiscal Q1 with 26.5 million subs, added more than 2 million since the beginning of the year. Snaps down on a revenue miss, hurt by a shorter season. Ford, as uh, David and Jim said, tumbling after disappointing full-year guidance and an earnings miss, Jim. All right, call me too optimistic. I like the snap quarter. They talked about consumer CPG. The yes. CPG spend is yes. starting to go up. That's you, said, what, you were saying that yesterday as well. I think you were talking about Ralph Lauren or something. But Ralph Lauren had a fantastic You were talking about how uh, very effective on Snap yes. or something. Yeah, I was listening. You did? Yeah, I did. Pop well, said he listened to. Yeah. DAU's up four, but ARPU up 23. I mean, that's the I kind of thing you'd rather see. I thought the ARPU number was great. I thought that, that they talk about all sorts of new product, short video that are selling. I think that the consumer companies desperately want to be in anything that's online, and Snap has become something that was just profit-taking. I, I, 20 million people. David, I bet you your kids are on Snap constantly. Um, one of them is, uses it as his communications platform. Right. Well, if I could reach we him. We haven't let the other if one I could, use if, it. Let's say I'm Colgate. If I could reach your son, mm-hmm. I might have, and he's trying to figure out what's, what, what toothpaste to use. Mm. I target him with Colgate. Maybe he stays with Colgate forever. It's possible. Yes. Or it's whatever we buy for him because he's still not actually going. Oh, you're going. brainwashing with the Manchurian no, candidate? Doing Let's try, let him make up his own I'm mind. Looking, look at I'm looking forward to the day that he goes to the store and actually buys his own looking stuff. looking forward to the way sure, to go to college? Too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, Colgate is upset. He's looking they, forward to that part, wait, but not I'm the just, other part. I'm just saying that, that I felt after listening to the snap call, you know what? It's going mainstream, and I never felt that way. And I always felt that the, the, it was a Captain Morgan problem. You, know, you can't, you know, you ever read the Captain Morgan, you know, where they do the thing? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, you, the, the people from Snap are underage, but I remember dealing with someone who represented, who was in charge of the Colgate advertising group. He said, is there ever was a way to reach the 13 to 18? We could block Crest. Well, guess what? It's been found, and it's Snap. As for Disney, uh, that yes. 28.6 number is... Approaching Hulu's 30.4, which is incredible, given that their goal for 60 to 90 is a 2024 goal, David, and they're yeah, the basically numbers, a third of the way there. They are. I mean, listen, you know, when we when this was announced back, uh, what was it, in April of last year, and then obviously the rollout in the fall, if you told people a number this early into the rollout, uh, they would have been quite surprised. Uh, and I, the market... Perhaps anticipating it because they reached the 10 million subscriber number so quickly. That's the last update we got. Remember, in the very early, early days in November, they told us 10 million. But 28.6 million is, there's just no, no doubt, it is an incredible success. It's costing them a lot of money. We all know that. Right. Uh, and it will continue to. Uh, but Iger has done something that few CEOs are able to, which is get investors focused on the opportunity that is being created, the future cash flows that are being created as the um, existing business 
slowly but surely runs off a bit. Uh, he's done that and spending the money to do that. So the revenue number, of course, is up dramatically at the company in terms of revenue growth. They're spending to get those revenues. But the number is all that matters. Twenty eight point six million. They estimate, I think, 20 percent perhaps came from the Verizon promotion where you get one year free. Right. Uh, but the numbers are um, very strong. Yeah, they're very strong. And they point to its continued um, continued place in the marketplace, one that is going to see the addition, by the way, of HBO Max. Uh, not too long from now, and then the ad-supported Peacock service from our parent company later this summer, uh, that it's going to get even more crowded, but Disney's clearly carved out in a very important place for itself. And uh, ESPN Plus and Hulu have also done fairly well. Hulu Live. That was incredible. And Hulu. You only only mentioned ESPN to speak of, although advertising wasn't as great, but that may be just a year of your anomaly, is that ESPN Plus is good. Yeah, Swinburne, who was on our network yesterday, Swinburne came on. He's a very smart guy from yes, Morgan Stanley. Ben Swinburne. He's talking about earnings per share doubling, twenty twenty four time. Meantime, uh, Spotify is buying The Ringer yep. for undisclosed terms, and Daniel Egg did say this morning he thinks it is like buying the next ESPN. Well, uh, Spotify's doing well, but not well enough. No one ever seems to think it's doing well enough. I, I, I think it's a terrific story, but so what? It's good. Yeah, but no one cares. I thought the acquisition was smart, but every time they make an acquisition, it doesn't do anything. Uh, and I think a lot of it is just because people just think there you know was what, some weakness so many, in Q1 yeah, for Spotify in terms of the issues. numbers overall, and that's what you're seeing right. reflected in the stock price. They have focused a lot, as we know on podcasts. We had Daniel Ek that day, that yes. rare appearance he, he had. He bought the with bro- us, in where Brooklyn. They were saying we're moving sh- sharply, strongly into it. Love to know what they actually are paying yeah, for the Ringer. I know. Just um, given yes. the, how he spent so much time building that company, the kind of failed partnership with HBO that he had for a while there, but good for do, him. Do you think it's opaque? Good for him. Opaque? I don't know. I don't know either. This is, this is what it gave us in terms of sound on The Ringer. Take a listen. What we really did with The Ringer, I think, is we bought the next ESPN. And we think that's going to be a tremendously valuable property um, as we look at um, you know, the development of sports over the next decade and the billions of people that will start listening to audio. Uh, so we're just very excited about it. And, um, yeah, we will invest in that trend. Spotify, of course, well-funded in the private spaces, yeah. been able to carry some of that through into the public markets. I, I think they're taking a long-term view. I don't think they care about the near term. That's what I think is really going. They've got a very long-term view. I think it's a very – they're using a bit of an Amazon model. Yeah. Look, look, we're just going to keep expanding, doing what's right long-term. And the market isn't used to hearing long-term. They want to have short-term. Uh, but short-term doesn't mean much to Spotify because it's run very much like a private company. Yeah. When we come back, uh, Merck announcing some big spinoff plans. David got uh, some of that. We're on track for another strong open. As futures uh, suggest, we'll get pretty close to that all-time high of S&P 3333 when the opening bell rings in about 15 minutes. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. 
All right, welcome back. Big news this morning from Merck. Uh, the old shrink to grow seems to be in fashion, of course, in pharmaceutical land these days. Uh, you can recall, of course, Pfizer's decision to spin off uh, its uh, generics into a new company. Viatris is going to be the name, reverse Mars Trust with Myelin. The old Upjohn, essentially, is what they uh, moved on with from there. Other deals, uh, similarly, separating out the slower growth drugs from the faster growth company. And that is what Merck has announced this morning. In addition to its earnings, it is going to be spinning off from its women's health, its trusted legacy brands, what they call, and their biosimilars business. It's going to create a new independent company, Nuco for now, uh, that will, um, in fact, have as much as $6.5 billion worth of revenue. Uh, and we'll begin trading, let's call it a year plus from now, as an independent company with its own dividend, its own CEOs, its own board, all of it. Uh, the, uh, the spin is intended to be uh, tax-free, of course. You will get these new shares as a current Merck shareholder. Uh, it will have a new uh, management team led by Kevin Ali, who will be the chief executive officer, over 10,000 employees. Uh, and Merck itself will receive a dividend of what they are saying will be, be between 8 and $9 billion from Nuco. Again, it is this idea of separating out um, the slower growth products so that Big Pharma, which conceivably is fairly good at discovery and commercializing drugs, can focus on that. Now, Merck, of course, has a number of quite successful drugs led by Keytruda. It's cancer therapy that seems to be finding more and more uses uh, and may at some point become perhaps the largest selling drug uh, in the world. Um, and this is not unlike what we're going to see other potential companies do as well uh, in the future. So um, this will trade at a lower multiple than Merck. But the ho hope is, of course, that you get a higher multiple on what is left from Merck. You have a sort of very stable cash flow producing company here that radically reduces its cost basis by sort of slashing the sales force, so many other things in terms of what they can do organizationally. And then you have Merck focused on oncology, vaccines, hospital specialty, uh, and animal health. That, at least, is where they're headed. By the way, this new company, in terms of where it stood as a percent of Merck, it was 15% of revenues, 25% of its manufacturing, 50% of its products. And that sort of gets to this idea here of where they can potentially cut costs, and 60% of its SKUs. Guys, important point here as well. The dividend, $2.44 a share for 2020 at Merck, is not going anywhere. Remember, the Pfizer deal, the reverse Morris Trust they did with Mylan, was not well received by the market. Perhaps some of that also because if you added the two companies up, dividend-wise, you got back to the payout from, from Pfizer. Here, Merck keeping its dividend, and Nuco will have a dividend of some kind as well. So it is dividend additive, uh, Jim, is what they're saying. Merck, though, is down, as you see, uh, almost 4%, at least thus far on the news. And again, these have not been overly well, particularly well received by the marketplace, at least thus far when you look at the Pfizer deal, when they essentially are spinning up, John, into Milan. You're, you're so right, David, because they, they make so much sense to me, but they're not paying off. Uh, uh, Glaxo doing the same thing. And Glaxo reported a number this morning that was uh, subpar, uh, down a couple bucks. Right. But they're splitting into the old and the new. And the, the feeling is, is that the old was the great cash cow that, that supported the new. Right. And they're getting rid of the cash cow. They're going to be very differently valued, Mark. I, I mean, and in some ways you are demanding sort of a somewhat different shareholder base because it's about finding those big drugs, developing them, commercializing them. 
and not as much relying on the things that are either not growing, right. coming off patent. Novartis did it. Um, Novartis, yeah, well, Sandoz, yeah. of course, the, the, the question there is, yeah, in terms you know of Sandoz. J&J. J&J hasn't done That stock's doing okay. Um, the spinoff, by the way, expected to be completed, completed in the first half of 2000. It's great analysis. Carl. All right. We'll get to uh, what the president said last night about drug pricing at the State of the Union. We'll get Kramer's Matt Dash. Countdown to the opening bell. Futures up 280. Don't go anywhere. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Plenty to watch on this Wednesday morning. Uh, ADP very strong at 291. Uh, tons of earnings. A couple press conferences on coronavirus later on this morning. And of course, the political season continues to heat up. The opening bell is in five minutes. Welcome back. Let's get to a mad dash. Then we'll roll right into the opening bell. What do you got? David, I've got uh, Clorox on today. Okay. And I think what's important to note is that yesterday... Uh, Clorox, we got from the WHO uh, that Clorox bleach uh, absolutely can be used against this strain of coronavirus. It does kill it, okay? Now, I had always felt it would kill because I said that, that Clorox kills anything. But what matters here is that Clorox is boosting bleach production to meet it. Now, they, we know that wipes are in strong demand, but to boost their, boost their cash cow that they make a fortune on is very significant. And it means that even though they had 0% organic growth, this is a product that the gross margins are extraordinary. So I think it's worth noting that here's the, a bit of news about the coronavirus. They found something that works. And uh, so I, I can imagine every hospital, every building, they're going to use it to wipe down because it does kill the virus. I mean, you see what happened in the, on the uh, Princess, the Diamond Princess last night off of Yokohama. I mean, what do you do? Well, you have to wipe everything down. And what works? Clorox, because it kills everything. 
So I think it does matter on hump day. And we'll see what Benador has to say tonight right, right. when he's a guest on Mad Money. Right. I mean, look, did they have a great quarter? These are consumer packages. It's a multiple companies. on this stock, though. Very high. It is very high. Very high. Versus, I mean, you always pointed out versus some of the others. Versus Apple. Fast growing. Colgate companies. now has a very high multiple after a good quarter. Yeah. These companies, if you step back and the, and the interest rates were, were higher, these companies, I think, would all be lower. But interest rates aren't. So that's like a fantasy world. Uh, and this is another reason to apply. All right, let's get the opening bell here on the S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. And the big board at Chenier Energy celebrating its 1,000th LNG cargo at the NASDAQ. It's Henry Schein, provider of dental care products and services. We'll uh, look at Tesla, which was down about 7% pre-market. If you bought it at the highs yesterday, you're about $100 a share poor this morning. Yeah, I mean, I think that they found levels. It's at a level where there are sellers, uh, but the the bulls on this are just, uh, uh, they won't stop, and, and I think that their analysis is re- linked with what's going on with GM and Ford. There was a really fabulous interview this morning that Phil did, uh, Phil, our own Phil Lebeau with the CFO of, uh, GM. of GM, and it, there was a moment where he said, listen, I'm not really, it was more of a rhetorical question, just saying your stocks have done nothing. Look at Tesla. Well, the answer is, is that GM doesn't really have growth. Matter of fact, they're down in a lot of regions. Uh, Ford saying things are bad about Europe, and there's uh, Elon Musk doing a jig that he's opened a big plant in Berlin. So you've got, on the one hand, electric vehicle growth. On the other hand, these companies are all claiming that they have electric vehicles at the top of the GM release. But you know what? It doesn't matter if they're not buying it. Ford is having a very tough a very go tough of things as they continue to try to cut costs and adjust. Um, and putting up numbers, obviously, that were not uh, no. not particularly strong. China's still a very they challenging talk, market for them. They talked about ex- the poor execution. Yeah. We, we take a look at the execution of Musk. It's great execution. You know, they made that unexpected leadership change at Ford a number of years ago yes. at this point. I'm not sure. It certainly hasn't shown up in the stock price not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Does that imply that it will? Trying to be gentle. You were. Trying to be gentle. Jimmy Chill. Jimmy Chill. Yeah. It should nice. have happened. Um, but Jimmy Chill says, not yet. Does Tesla, you know, we always, people always want to make comparisons between that move and Tesla, or I should say, make comparisons to the dot com bubble yes. when we see parabolic moves in stocks. But it is, it did get a little nuts. Absolutely. I mean, on no news. You know, that was, now this is a profitable company at this point. Right. I don't want to at all, but we're a couple of weeks out from earnings, and there's nothing new. It did remind me a bit of some right. of the moves that we got accustomed to seeing. As we're well, seeing actually, it's funny you mention that because uh, Peter Bookvar looked at the seven-day relative strength index at 97 out of 100. He compared it to Qualcomm, which got yes. to the low 90s. I mean, it's it, on a seven-day basis, it's a yeah. sharper swing than Qualcomm. There's, there Remember is, the Walt Pysik $1,000 target? And that yeah, was exactly what target. I was thinking of, which made, it, didn't, it went up every day for there was nothing new. No. There was no new. It's just pure multiple expansion. Nothing that investors could somehow decide that this is a fair value for the stock based on new information. That's the same thing with Tesla. But when you talk to people about the stock market, particularly young people, they talk about Tesla and they talk about Beyond Meat. I understand there's a competitor Beyond Meat coming that is actually going to be lower price, but right now the stock's hanging in there. But I look at Tesla and I say, where out? It brought out sellers yesterday in the 900s. That was the first time. 
Uh, whether it was short selling, I don't know. You can't. What's the borrow rate here, David? It's been very hard to that. It's sell, enormous. Sell short the stock. Yeah, you can't. You don't want to pay it. What a, what the borrow rate is? It's, no, it's very high. But it is an exciting story because the more cars he builds, the more people buy them. And remember, no advertising needed. You don't see any Tesla ads in the Super Bowl. And then I keep thinking about what he's going to say in battery. What is he going to say in April in battery? Does he have something for National Battery Day, which we're still trying to determine? We don't know exactly. It's National Lead Battery Day. But he's, got, he's got a good battery. You, there, there's something to be said about a company that goes from big losses to giant gains if he can do it. If he can do $10 a share next year, well, it's still very expensive, but at least you see a, a better than what Qualcomm is doing. Yes, yeah. although Qualcomm, I mean, many the number of the companies did grow in. Oh, yeah. They grew they're, into their They're going to report tonight. Eventually, yes. they did justify. Worldcom did it took not. A while. Worldcom no, World, did not. No. And many others that I can recall did not. Many which did Global not even have crossing. Oh God, yeah, uh, so many others. But uh, X zero XO. But there was this one called Amazon that definitely did. Yahoo didn't. Yahoo never made no. it. No. They bought Broadcast.com. They couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, Yahoo didn't. Uh, and I could go back in mind and remember some yeah, of the Yeah, that's just memory lane. That but never got there. But you have to compare. CMGI, David, David Weatherall. They had. JDSU. <clears throat> they were an incubator, David. Yeah, they were an incubator. They're yeah, an they incubator were. of, uh, of yeah. virus that caused you to lose money. <laughs> By the way, uh, Tesla bear market would be seven seventy five. Oh my God! A lot of jokes about deep value buying happening right now <laughs> in the in the low eight hundreds. Not a yield play. Yeah, uh, Chipotle oh two eighty six beats two seventy three. They did guide comps mid single digit. Street was looking for six. Um, where are you I'm on Chipotle? Sorry. And interestingly, Jim, Wendy's is really uh, talking some trash on their breakfast launch, which will happen early next month. I, I believe in the breakfast launch. I think Chipotle is going to end up, it will be up. You should buy Chipotle. Why? Because they're going to double the number of stores. That was a, the news that came out of the interview last night with, uh, with Hartung, uh, the CFO. I also think that the Chipotle make lines, the Chipotle windows, talking about maybe more, maybe some Chipotle airport stores. They're, they're, they have some already, but they're going to expand much more than people realize. Uh, guac prices are down. Avocado prices are down. They have conservatively guided over and over and over again. Look, just think about a few years ago when the stock was getting hammered because of, uh, of illness. What did the company do? They bought back 10% of the company. How smart was that? Uh, it's just a great American story. And there's plenty of room for some more. Yeah. Reminds me that uh, McDonald's market cap for a time yesterday was below that of Tesla. Tesla, yeah, we which it's interesting that surprising just, to some. People yeah. keep, remember, I, I had said that there's a certain time where you could put the price of, you know, the value of GM and the value of Ford and then double it, and it's still not equal to, you know, to where I thought Tesla could go. And then it hit that level, and finally Tesla sold off. A little bit. It's little coming bit. back, though, by the way. It's oh, coming back. Because those deep buyers, 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 those buyers are coming buyers in. We're seeing something they like. Yeah. Ooh, $10 uh, in earnings. It's only 82 times next year's numbers, maybe? I mean, only. Yeah. You are a 1999 creature. Oh, there you go. I do remember it well. Um, you have paper. You were going to talk about something. Speaking of 1999, eBay. Oh, There's another name. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Back from, God, it feels like yesterday, doesn't it? Um, eBay, yesterday the news was reported by the journal that ICE, uh, by the way, owner of this place, um, down in Atlanta, uh, owns exchanges typically has been involved in buying a lot of them. Jeff Sprecher, the company uh, aggressive CEO there, uh, who likes to do deals. 
approached eBay. Uh, they confirm it uh, at ICE. They put a statement out saying they approached eBay to explore a range of potential opportunities that might create value for the shareholders of both companies. That's what they say. Uh, and they also added that eBay had not engaged in a meaningful way. And they're not negotiations regarding the sale of all or part of eBay right now. eBay comes back. Uh, sure it was late yesterday. This morning I got the statement. The eBay board, they say, is aligned and open to all value-enhancing alternatives. The board's highly engaged and has acted and will continue to act consistent with its focus on shareholder value. It's interesting. Um, not sure where the leak came from. Perhaps designed to in some way pressure eBay. Of course, remember, you've got Elliott in there. You've got Starboard yesterday that came out with a letter. owns about 1% of the stock, maybe a little bit more than that. Unhappy with sort of the pace of change at the company. It's failure to sell the classifieds business, at least at this point. The idea would be for ICE to own the marketplace. So it would be a significant move for, uh, for that company away from exchanges, at least to a very different kind of exchange, one that's not about financial instruments. But uh, the stock got hit yesterday pretty badly. Um, not clear if and where this goes from here. One person close to eBay said, t- tells me the approach was vague in nature. I mean, listen, typically you don't put a price on this right away when you go in the door. You say, well, hey, we want to talk. We want to see what we can do here. Okay. They're claiming it was vague in nature. It was a, an approach to talk about things. But, yeah, they, but clearly they wanted to potentially talk about buying the company. You don't put a number out there day one. They didn't get interest. We'll see if that changes based on eBay's active shareholders. What does the CEO of eBay say? I haven't talked to him. Because there is none. Yeah, well, there's an interim. Schenker. Interim. Yeah, yeah. interim. He's an John interim. Donahoe was there. Yes, I what do. What a hero he's become. Well, the split of, uh, of I mean, look at PayPal's market cap. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Dan Shulman. That, that whole segment, Square, broke out. MasterCard, Visa's the only one that didn't. But that FinTech. And I, I hear you, David. eBay has just been, it's been floundering. There's no, yeah. no growth. I know. There's amazing no, no growth. It's very difficult to get the marketplace growing. Um, PayPal's market cap's $140 billion. eBay's 28, 29. Yeah, PayPal's about to break out. I mean, that sounds silly. Um, now, remember, Donahoe was resistant originally to Icon. It was. It was Icon right. saying split it. Then he came back and said, okay, I've looked at it, and now we're going to do it. And they did. Uh, and then John left, took a respite. Then he went, showed up at ServiceNow, service and now he's running Nike. And he's going to show up on CNBC later today, Sarah. Has John Donahoe at four o'clock. I don't have John Donahoe. Nor do I have John Donahoe. He was your I, guy. He was my guy. He was my guy. Then he became your guy. And he's Sarah's and guy. Now apparently. But we're all one network, David. So I just I salute everybody. We are all one network, but we're not yeah. one family. We are family. <laughs> not, sure not sure how John would would take to being called someone's guy, but okay. No, guys. I know. We don't want to do that. There's a lot of them. He's very tall, so he can yeah. be a lot of people's guy. Yeah. Uh, I'll take sort of the the knees down. You can have them. You mentioned retail, Jim. Uh, Macy's cl- closing 125 <laughs> stores over three years. 2,000 employees is about 10% of support staff and corporate staff. Kind of runs, uh, it flies in the face of RL, which gets up at B of A today. They go to 132 as RL is shifting away from wholesale uh, models in favor of international and right to consumer. Uh, I think that RL's on a really good growth path. They've gotten rid of a lot. Maybe they got rid of a lot of their bad stores. Macy's is just, I mean, they always seem to have new bad stores. Rather amazing. Always clear. Now it's 125. I thought that this was really interesting. The 2,000 minutes, their corporate staff. How many people do you need in corporate? They, they seem very bloated. Remember, they had the two-headed 
There were two companies that have two, uh, C- two offices. Well, not anymore. Amazon and Macy's. Right, but now they're Cincinnati. They're moving all the Why did they have, top you know, personnel they to New York. They should have closed that. Jeff Gannett is well, they now, are taking, now taking some big actions, but they're going to use the air rights above uh, Herald Square to I guess, make, do some construction. But these were actions I think should have been taken before, but they're being taken. They do have a, a, a rich real estate portfolio. How they go about monetizing it's always a been a question of what they can do and how they do it. But. Well, Jeff's talking about accelerated uh, savings, $1.5 billion by 2022. That's pretty good. Some nice gross margin improvement, uh, becoming much more fashion retail. They are there. When you look at the malls that they're closing, they were in a lot of malls that people just kind of don't go to as many anymore. Uh, I was talking to some people, Simon Property Group. Yeah, they've got a lot of malls that people go to. You know, they've had thirty-three billion dollars in dividends that they pay. Simon Property, yes. yeah, but it has been a brutal run for well, Taubman for Simon. I mean, those stocks have been down. I know. Mostly on the concerns you have to have about a, the health of the mall. A plus malls. A A plus. Yeah. Right. Or else you just order from Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really quick, Jim. Three uh, percent move in oil here as we're back above fifty-one. OPEC uh, is ha- OPEC plus is having a two-day meeting wrapping up today in Vienna. Uh, we'll see if they do cut uh, five hundred to a million a day. But uh, is head fake or not? Well, I think that we'll make it up in the United States. The United States is uh, the big swing producer. We're producing 12 million a day. I, I know Scott Sheffield, the great man who runs Pioneers, talking about doing 15 and then 18 million barrels a day. So, yes, I'm going to say head fake. Uh, unless you know that China has really solved coronavirus, and I'm not willing to do that, despite the Cowan piece that says that the, we got our first case of downtick on Tuesday of how many cases there are. In Corona, I, yeah, David, I know you're suspicious about the PRC's figures. As are you. Yeah, well, you get these. Uh, my stepson is a uh, Chinese scholar at Georgetown. He gives me these videos that are underground videos. Where, oh, there's stuff that I, we can't say on air no. regarding the number and what Tencent put up on uh, line for a few minutes. Jeez. Not, not, uh, not good. You're yeah, risking but, your life to put it. There's a woman I saw one there she, th- th- that is giving you 90,000 sure. and saying, and then there's, they call, in order to be able to get around the censorship, instead of saying President Xi, they call him President Trump. Right. That's right. the way they get around. It's like a code. It's like the it's homeland over yeah. there. Yeah. Well, you seem, you know, you yeah. seem tired. I seem tired? tired? No, tired. I was just thinking about what it would be like to live in a communist country um really yeah all right you know what i want to talk about i bet you don't communism no the new york mets do you know why mr met you gonna put mr met on okay. <laughs> look put mr met on yesterday i, I know a lot there's of a noted reporting. hedge fund manager. i spent a lot of time reporting on a story involving of course this uh, expected deal between stevie cohen uh, and the new york mets ownership of course which is dominated by the Wilpon family uh Back in December, early December, brief announcement, really, a lot of press around it, but they had announced that they were negotiating an agreement under which um, Cohen would take control of the, of the uh, team over a period of five years in which the Wilpons would still be essentially running things, uh, both Fred Wilpon uh, and his son Jeff as the company's COO. Um, yesterday, I was spending a lot of time trying to confirm something that I'd been hearing for some time, which is that... Uh, Mr. Uh, Cohen was going to be walking away from those negotiations in part because the Wilpon family uh, had um, 
try to retrade the deal, essentially, come back and said, no, this is not what we want, the originally agreed to terms, none of which have been made public, by the way. Spoke to Mr. Cohen. He would not say anything other than I'm under an NDA and can't talk to you, David. The Wilpont family spokesman similarly saying the same thing. A number of other people I approached, limited partners and the like, all hiding behind these uh, confidentiality agreements. Very difficult to get anybody to confirm what many people have told me, which is, again, that the Wilpont family came back to him uh, with different potential terms. And Mr. Cohen looked at it and said, you know, you're not dealing honestly with me and we're going to have at least a five-year relationship ahead of us. Be one thing if I knew that, okay, this is the new deal, I'll pay the price and I'll have the team. But knowing that he's got to deal with them for the next five years and perhaps not trusting them any longer seems to have stopped that deal in its tracks. Unclear whether there's another potential buyer for the New York Mets, um, whether they have in fact received perhaps indications of interest at a higher price and embolden the Wilpons, uh, but uh, we'll be following it closely, at least this Mets fan will. Bad news for Mets fans. Sure, a good, you know, big Tesla. Excuse Paul me. guy, the pitcher years. Yes, what pick, about pick, him? Pick, pick Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a good winner. pick. He was yeah. the winner of the He's contest. a very good pitcher, as is Jacob deGrom. But pretty this good is, stock we were looking forward to new ownership. Sorry. Spoken as a Mets fan now. Dave, we've got to move on from your pathetic team. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Dallas is back to 29K and S&P 3323. Let's get to Bob. And, uh, guys, we are rallying on efforts to contain the coronavirus. Hopes that there is. Let's hope that they're right. Six, seven hundred point move uh, in the Dow in the last couple of days here. Look at this. We're back to where we started. Just Martin Luther King weekend. What were we? 33.25? Guess what? We're back where we were. Totally round trip here. We're down about 3% at our worst and all the way back as if nothing actually happened. But the world's changed a lot here. Sectors today, it's all the uh, cyclical groups that are doing well. Industrials, energy, banks, semis, and utilities flat now. Finally, taking a backseat to what's been going on. Why are we getting the rally today? Remember, the three elements of the four reasons the market's done so well recently are still very much intact. The U.S. consumer is strong. Yes. Fed's neutral, adding liquidity. Yes. Trade truce. Yes. What we don't have, and this is emphatic, is an O on, on the global bottoming story here because coronavirus is playing havoc with that last part of the whole game. Remember, there are still companies talking about very significant hits to their to their earnings profile. Nike and Adidas are closing stores. Capri, Michael Kors here, they talked about an earnings hit. Cathay Pacific is asking for people uh, to uh, th- uh, three weeks of unpaid leave. They're going to get capacity cuts. So there's going to be hits to earnings here. And the estimates have been coming down, particularly for the first quarter here. I, I think you, the market's focusing on companies like Microchip, though. Great numbers. And their earnings guidance, their guidance overall was actually better than expected here. So here are these global brands you see sort of mixed. But I want to mention microchip here. Great numbers and their guidance was terrific. They said coronavirus may be a problem, but they think the bottom was in December. That's very important. That's what the market's focusing on. Bottom in December, chips moving very well. IPOs starting to heat up this week, but we got an interesting little kind of smack in the face from the people wanting to buy Casper here. The big mattress makers, they're at 12 to 13, right? They're going to price tonight. Prior price talk, 17 to 19. What's going on there? Well, these direct-to-consumer stories have been tough sells. Peloton's been tough. Smile Direct's been tough. These companies have to spend a lot of money to go out and get customers, and there's concern they're not going to be profitable for a while. There's concern they're going to have to keep spending a lot of money. If that goes away, 
the customers might go away. So we'll see how this trades. Another interesting one tonight here, PPD. This is big biotech research firm here. This is a hot space to work in. Keep an eye on this one. A lot of positive comments I'm hearing in the background on that. Guys, back to you. All right, Bob, thank you. As we said, uh, Dow up 312 here. S&P within about 10 points of an all-time high. Don't go anywhere. Watching Snap today down 9%, about a three-week low as they miss on the top and the bottom lines. S&P, though, has essentially recovered all of the losses since the coronavirus became a story, uh, back within a range of uh, 33.30. We'll get stopped trading with Jim after a short break. Time for Jim and Stop Trading. Humana reported a very good number, uh, but sometimes I wonder whether this isn't the so-called disarray in Iowa. I say so-called because who the heck knows what's going on there. But uh, they, when you see candidates uh, who have one single payer kind of not doing that well, uh, you want to buy these. United, United Health is up too. But it's important to watch that because this group is really a, a play on whether the Republicans win or Democrats. The, some of the Democrats want to get rid of the company, Humana, and the president clearly is in favor of health care the way it is. Yeah. Uh, Jim, what's on Mad tonight? All right, we've got to mention Clorox, which kills Corona. Uh, Boot Barn had been the hottest stock uh, of retail and getting hit. And Teladoc, this is something I've been focused on, which is saving, is the millennials don't have, tend not to have physicians. So they like to talk on their phone, which I always think is funny. You know that these guys are now doing, I had doctors on demand the other day, they're now have psychiatrists. Imagine like, hey man, I'm not, I'm a psychiatrist. Why not? Google ran know. a commercial about sharing memories of your dead wife with with uh, with Google Assist. So doesn't that, seem that big of a stretch. And that was stretch. the one that most people cried. Yeah, yeah. That was a crying commercial. I Jim, we'll see you tonight. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.